This episode of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast, is brought to you by Amasta Design. Servicing clients domestic and international, Amasta is here to help you through the different phases to transform your space into a reflection of you. Go to amastadesign.com. Amasta, spelled A-M-A-S-T-A, design.com. Rolling Press, a Brooklyn Park Slope-based business that can help you print books, magazines, zines, and comics for anyone who wants to start their own thing. Rolling Press, an eco-friendly printing company. Go to www.rollingpress.com. Roro Cakes, specialty baking, little bites of yumminess, and indulgences. Follow Roro Cakes at facebook.com slash rorocakes and place your order today. Last but not least, Pancake Studios cuffing your audio recordings, production, mixing, and mastering needs. Pancake Studios set at the heart of Brooklyn, also happens to be the home of To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. And when we started the podcast, Jonathan made a home for us here and continues to produce quality. Whether you're a musician, filmmaker, working in media like podcasting, look no further than Pancake Studios. Go to www.pancakestudios.net. Oh, we can't forget about Anthony Weir. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. And because, we will. And we have. And we have. To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that. But we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. Enjoy. And we are back after a month. This is To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun here on a semi-humid uh, uh, yeah, we're, September we're, 26th. We're experiencing a, an Indian autumn. Okay, it's, uh, we're, we're going through Yeah, we're officially weather. in the fall. We're officially in the fall, yeah. and it's... November sweeps is like not 70, too far away. It's, it's still like 70 sometimes at night. The owl says that this is the white man's doing. You know, jo- the so- owl, the owl, I, I, is that part of his, like, his, 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 his magisteria? The owl controls By the way, the you have a fan, John. I thought you did know. <laughs> I, I, said this John, I, I said this to Miguel on, on the ride here. So, originally I wanted to invite my friend, uh, Jamil who I went to high school with, he's really into Trek, and uh, we were getting uh, we we're gonna we were getting into a conversation about Discovery, which we're gonna get into later. He's got a 13 year old kid, and um, we I, like I call, quickly picked up the phone and I called him up, um, and I was like, "What do you do? What are you doing tomorrow?" And he's like, "Well, uh, you know, um, um, I would come to the show, and I uh, come to the show, but uh, he runs a restaurant here in Sunset Park." Oh, cool. It's like, but uh, I've got to wait for the uh, health inspector. Blah blah blah. I'm like, all right, fine. And then I mentioned this whole. And then his son goes, "Podcast, I want to be on the podcast." <laughs> and then he goes, "I know about Navajo." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you, yeah, oh, you have an official I, I, fan, I, I, someone who. Wants and then to I facepalm. I'm like, "Oh man, we're reaching uh, the wrong demographic." Here. <laughs> <laughs> but, I yeah, so, am. So Navajo, you've uh, yeah, yeah, yeah you, you 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 got a fan out there. Um, but uh, we're back after a bit of a, yeah, yeah. a, a, a bit of a break. Uh, 
I, I guess we're just lazy. <laughs> uh, you know, it's, it's, like, it's not like it's not a lot of moving parts. It's not like we're. Uh, <clears throat> uh, uh, I don't know. I, I it, we're we're not uh, like uh, trying to like be super professionals or anything. It's not like uh, we have anything else going on. I wish you know what I wish I had going on. Ed? <laughs> you know what I wish I had going on. I wish I I wish I could dance. <laughs> I was at home and I was. Uh, I was listening to some ACDC and I was rocking out in the, uh, uh, you know, in the bathroom. I just like, you know, going, I was going like, then I saw myself in the mirror and it wasn't good. It um, wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't great dancing. I'm no, uh, what, what's, uh, what's Travolta's character's name from, uh, Staying Alive? Uh, Danny something. I don't You're, know. Danny, we're not looking, we're not gonna, no. we're not gonna look it up, but you, you have a, you have an issue where. Uh, uh, you well, conflated listen. staying alive and Saturday Night Fever This all came about <laughs> because all morning, as we were on our way here to the USS Pancakes, <laughs> is, is uh, you know, uh, hey, do you mind if, Miguel was like, do you mind if we stop at the pizzeria in the corner? Oh, right, uh, yes, yes. And then I'm like, it's, it's 10. It's 10 o'clock it's 10 in the morning. In the well, morning. I, last time I was here when I did the solo with John, I had the greatest two slices of pizza Ever. What's that place called? Uh, the one immediately right here is uh, Joe's. Okay, Joe's. Joe's, Joe's on what, what's the street corner? That's on uh, uh, Prospect, Park, uh, Prospect Avenue. So go, Prospect go to Avenue. Joe's early in the morning because the last time was I had like a super fresh two slice. Like they literally had just brought it out of so, the oven. So we oh. go there. <laughs> he walks in and uh, and he says, uh, hey guys, um, you got anything uh, ready now? I was like, no, sorry. Walk, he, we walk out. <laughs> I, I, I think I, to quote you, city that never sleeps. City that sleeps my ass. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then from there, somehow we got into uh, staying alive. And I uh, know, <laughs> uh, and, and I said, and I said, um, did uh, I'm like, what makes you think that to- you were going to get Tony Monero? That was his okay, name. T- it says when Tony Monero was walking down the street, and you were I like, go, and I go, is, was, was that he- daytime or nighttime when he was getting eaten his pizza? <laughs> And holding the paint cans, right? <laughs> and then you said it's day, it was a daytime, but it wasn't. My question was, was it during the morning? Because because you were still on the whole. Hey, it's hey, a city never sleeps. Hey, hey, don't touch the hair. Don't touch my hair. And then we ended up going to the the deli across the street, and I, where I got my bagel, and um, we got into a conversation about because I I I'm always crossing streams between. Staying Alive <laughs> and Saturday Night Fever. Now, Saturday Night Fever came first, and then they made the sequel. Was it, or was it a prequel? I don't know. I don't really care. <laughs> and then you mentioned it was directed by yeah. That's that's Sylvester Stallone directed the, the Saturday. And night. then you said, "Can you imagine what that was like?" Yeah, that's the thing. It's everything about it is just comes down to the fact that there was a movie directed. We're on set, <laughs> Stallone. Was directing Travolta hey, uh, in a, a dance, dance movie. A dance movie. <laughs> so, uh, like, uh, can you try the moonwalk like well, this? Uh, look, 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 guys! It's it's step pirouette. <laughs> All right, step, step, turn. One. Well, look, look, I don't know. It's like you know, I really feel the turn at the end is a little better. And then I go, <laughs> I, I think, <laughs> I, I think at the time when you when you when you did that, I'm like, it needs to be a little deeper. It's like well, you were like it's an, it's an earlier hey, yo, it's an earlier Stallone. It's not the whole. Hey, Paulie, Paulie, his noodles ain't so bad. 
<laughs> that that is from it's... a very old bit that we had. You broke the code. You broke the code. <laughs> you broke the code. You broke the code. You broke the code. Uh, where we remember we had a, a, a long before any of this podcast nonsense was started, where we said nonsense. that there should that there should have been a movie where uh, Bruce Rocky, Lee. No, it was Rocky. Oh, it was Rocky. Uh. It's Rocky. It was the er- it was an early version of these things. Are it was very much earlier. It was Rocky. Uh, comes out of retirement. Mick is dead, but we find out. Because remember, Mick was a World War II vet. We find out that Mick's very good friend... I'm going to kiss this man once we're done here. <laughs> ...was He's bringing Mr. Up an Miyagi. memory. And Rocky is now, and, and in a sort of a proto, like a, a pseudo-sequel to Rocky IV, uh, Rocky goes to China, and he has to face... Okay. Uh, we cast Yao Ming in the... <laughs> As his Kareem as, 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 as his uh, Yao Ming was going to be uh, the uh, Dolph Lundgren analog, uh, and uh, his name was Tiger Ti- Tiger Yo or something. And to train for the fight, if he dies, we was gonna get dies. we were gonna get Miyagi was going to train Sylvester, Sylvester Stallone, and we go all sorts of scenes where they're in Hong Kong. And, uh, you know, we got a scene where, where Rocky's got to put on the gi. He's like, yo, I don't know about these pajamas. It's a little, it's a little crazy. A little loose. A little loose to me. And then, of course, Paulie <laughs> has to come with them. And there is inevitably a scene where Paulie's complaining about everything. And Rocky's got a bowl and some chopsticks. And he goes, hey, these yo, noodles Paulie, ain't half so bad. Oh, these bad. noodles ain't so bad. <laughs> Your, I think it should be these a memories, I thought they were buried. <laughs> and you and, dug them out. And now, but see, the switcheroo is... That uh, the fight is all a cover to get uh, dissidents out of China. And we find out that uh, Tiger Yo, played by Yao Ming, is actually in on it. <laughs> Tiger Yo. I think I threw in Rick Young, who, uh, you know, famous, well, veteran Chinese actor. Mr. Uh, Balboa! <laughs> well, it's like, do you know why you're here, Mr. Balboa? <laughs> I'm here you, because you, I'm a, I've been convicted. I've been called. No, a give me, give me that pure Rick Young. <laughs> give me that uh, 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 the last emperor, Rick Young. Do you know why you are here? You oh. are a traitor. You are. You are kind of revolutionary. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> For those you, of you, you're a traitor. You're a collaborator, and you're a kind of revolutionary. <laughs> <laughs> Was Terry O'Quinn involved? I don't. I forget if Terry O'Quinn was involved or not. These early, oh my god, these, these yeah, early so conversations of ours. I'm bringing back TVC classic. Yeah, yeah. Before, uh, <laughs> well, we're breaking in the show pretty good here. Uh, it's good to be back. It is very good to be back. We've been away for a long time. Unfortunately, I've been away for a long time. It, 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 like a I've month. Been, I've been caught in the MSN NBC void. <laughs> yes, MSNBC. This- so uh, I'm new to the 24 seven news cycle yeah you never really had cable growing up no and i and i so now i have access to that and all i've been watching day in day out is msnbc <laughs> and then like i would call him like like what's the deal with joe <laughs> like what's joe the deal? scarborough what's the, what's the deal with chris <laughs> what's the deal with <laughs> with rachel maddow you know i have to agree with uh norm mcdonald back in the day the news was a half hour 
And even that was too long. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it got, is. And, and Ed 24. is always, he's going out and it's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, I think I'm addicted. I think I got a problem. I Which, got a problem. In today's world, unfortunately, you know, there's just so much going on. You can't help but be, you know, laser focused on the news. I mean, forgetting politics. Yeah. and. But, uh, I mean, since we're on the news. Yes. You want to get into. Yeah. You know, as I've said many times on the show before. Death. We just yes. destruction, <laughs> acid rain, <laughs> <laughs> famine, terrorism. <laughs> now more than ever, it's time to learn the true meaning of Christmas. That's a Scrooge shout out for anyone who doesn't has never seen Scrooge. <laughs> I love it. That's probably one of Rich, my favorite. R- Richard Don. Yeah, this man here has no love for it. What? Ed has no, no. love for Scrooge, and it is for it's a modern. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Tell Be- me a better. Hold on. Christmas comedy. On. You're ready to like hang the noose. Yeah, hang me in it. You're, you're setting up the noose, right? I love Bill Murray. Yeah. He's our and it's secular his, saint. He's one of his best films. Yes. We don't need to make that claim. But I'm going to take the news and put it around Ed, your neck now. Let's ask Ed. What's a better Christmas comedy? Tell me. A better Christmas comedy? Yeah. What's a better Christmas comedy? Um, of course, it's a jingle all the way. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Put all the right, cookie right. down. Uh, let me see. I need see. the turbo mandal. I said this yesterday. Um, I believe uh, The Voyage Home was, was Star Trek <laughs> Star Trek for The Voyage Home came out on Christmas. You want a Christmas, Christmas movie? Mo- that's a Christmas movie. That's right, not right, a right. Christmas movie. Coming out on Christmas doesn't make it a Christmas movie. <laughs> Ed, Ed, Lethal Weapon is more a Christmas movie than Star Trek: The Voyage. Thank Voyager. you very much. That's a great. That's a great example. And you know what's another Christmas movie? What? Die Hard. Yes, Die. But again, both more Christmas movies than Star Trek: The Voyage. Um, Groundhog Day to me is more Christmassy. It takes place two months after. <laughs> Anyway, as I was saying, we, we here at the show, uh, I do get it. I don't want to bring people down when they come and listen to the show. Death. However, yes. Destruction. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to do that, but unfortunately there is there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of death in the world. There's a lot of destruction in the world. And as anyone who's been paying attention to the news knows, uh, from... It's the apocalypse. Essentially, yeah. Ed, 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 and uh, and John here. They they are they are they are they are they are Protestants. They are uh, Methodists. And uh, you know, I'm an atheist. So every once in a while, I gotta call up Ed, and I always go, uh, "What does this? If say? you uh, if you got any inside knowledge, <laughs> if the J man is leaving, you know, is leaving you a voicemail or something, uh, he's calling you home. Just let me know." Just, just let me know. And it does seem that that's what's going on in the world, yeah. you know, uh, specifically with the natural disasters that are that are happening right now. And um, I'm Puerto Rican, and uh, uh, many people may not realize this out there, but Puerto Rico is a U.S. territory, and every resident on that island is a natural-born United States citizen. Mm-hmm. And we are looking at three and a half million people who are, you know, driven from their homes now, <laughs> massive destruction, massive, you know, issues with their infrastructure. And they had issues yeah, beforehand yeah. anyway with a, a, a bankruptcy. And, I, and, I and heard that um, it may be months until electricity is restored. <clears throat> and then you also have to look at the fact that the way this is disrupting lives, because, yeah. uh, you know, just like in the U.S. Virgin Islands, another place where, you know, it's a U.S. territory. Mm-hmm. Where these people, the school year just started, 
their children need to their their children need to be in classrooms. They need to so these the, a large amount of people are going to have to relocate while the islands are being reconstructed as best as they can be, and that's a lot of lives disrupted. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, and like I said, they're they're American citizens. These are your fellow Americans. No matter whether you don't think that they look like you or sound like you or they come from another culture. If you're listening to this right now in English, you these are your fellow citizens, and they need help as much as anyone in Florida or Houston needs. And so um, <clears throat> there are a number of charities out there that you can look up if you want to uh, contribute to the reconstruction uh, for uh, Puerto Rico. Uh, general general relief, uh, there is uh, uh, Con Primetidos, spelled C-O-N-P-R-M-E-T-I-D-O-S. And it's a Puerto Rican uh, organization, and it's uh, right now their minimal goal is like getting $150,000 for relief and recovery. Uh, there's uh, Fondos Unidos de Puerto Rico, F-O-N-D-O-S-U-N-I-D-O-S-D-E, Puerto Rico. And they're working with the Red Cross in the United and the United Way. And the Red Cross being the Red Cross dot org. Right. Okay. Uh, there are various places around uh, a Go uh, GoFundMe and a list of verified campaigns connecting uh, donations. There is Connect Relief. There is Hurricane Maria Recovery Fund. There is Taler Salud, which is T A L L E R S A L U D. Unidos por Puerto Rico, which is U-N-I-D-O-S-P-O-R, Puerto Rico, and the Puerto Rican uh, Hurricane Relief Fund. Uh, give till it hurts. Uh, like I said, these these are these are your fellow citizens. As a Puerto Rican, I mean, we've served in every war this country has fought since well, we became you know, a territory. Which whatever your 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 national uh, identities are, you know, um, just give. You know, these are people. I'm not. I'm not saying just just I because. Know, I'm, I'm, I'm saying I'm, there. Are, look, there are a lot of people who don't have that understanding. Right. If you look out online, there's a lot of ugliness mm-hmm. in which there's this <laughs> sort of like, oh, I'm not going to give my money to no illegals, and it's like, ah, uh, <laughs> been been part of the United these States. These are taxpaying. People that are part of America. <laughs> they are well. Uh, you, you, Puerto Rico actually does not have uh, does not pay a federal income tax. Oh, I'm moving. <laughs> well, that's probably going to change. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's shocking to see how how just the destruction and the the you know the destruction of the infrastructure and all this sort of stuff that it's going to take a long long time for them to like really recover. And uh, you know, just just uh, just give. Um, on the on the subject of death and destruction, again, as I said, I don't like to do this on the show too yeah, often, but unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, there uh, there are there are just deaths that happen in the pop culture that you know do deserve a moment of recognition for these people for um, and their contributions. And uh, we Supergirl, lost Supergirl, right? No, no, we we've uh, we lost two. How dare you? We we, we lost uh, 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 two people that uh, anyone who is again in the fanboy world will recognize their names and has enjoyed their work on one level or another. Uh, first off is uh, 
a great actor who god his you know ed can you pull up his uh, his, his wikipedia page there right. harry uh, dean stanton harry dean stanton who passed away uh if you've seen aliens from aliens to, to avengers. avengers harry dean stanton has been there he Cool Hand Luke, Kelly's Heroes, Dillinger, Godfather Part 2, Alien, Escape from New York, Christine, Repo Man, uh, Pretty in Pink, Last Temptation of Christ, wow, uh, Wild at Heart, The Green Mile. It's a wide variety. Yeah, I mean, he's... Um, he's An actor's actor, a character actor's actor. Musician. Musician, right. Um, worked with so many, you know, greats in Hollywood. And, you know, he... Uh, think about it. He he maintained, continued working up until very recently. Was still doing things, and look at and look at the, what, what the man was. He wasn't a great looker, but he had a he had a presence. He he embodied a certain you know type of guy that you when you saw him in the movie. I, I yeah. again I think uh, you know to, to, was, uh, no I'm not even gonna say okay. It. okay. To me, uh, what what to, to, uh, the the part that defines like the sort of vibe he gave off. It, it was was Brett in Aliens, in the first Alien film. You know, uh, it, you know, a guy, uh, the maybe a sly sense of humor, every day very down to earth, um, and you could see that in in his part in Avengers. And like, I, there's and a I, reason I remember, why Joss Whedon cast him in that part as I, sort I of like banners, like spirit animal. When I first watched Avengers in the theater, and I was with my wife. And I had to explain to her who that was. It's like, that's Harry Dean Stanton. I'm like, oh, that's Harry Dean Stanton. And his line was, um, there's, he's <clears throat> David Banner. Uh, Bruce uh, Banner. Bruce, Bruce Banner. Dr. <laughs> David Banner. Scientist. You know. um, so he's, the Hulk leaves the fray. Okay. Lands after Lands, he gets, yeah, after he gets s- blown off the carrier. Right, somewhere in Brooklyn or whatever. Or whatever I think it was in Jersey. Was, in Jersey. I think it was Jersey. And, uh, and, and he was... Basically, he, a security he, guard. He was he, a security he, guard. he basically changed back to to Bruce Banner, right? And the security guard just comes out of nowhere. It's like just so easy going. Like he just accepted like, <laughs> that banner. It was like you an alien. You an alien. Alien. <laughs> <laughs> you were big and green. So, and you know, it's like you you. And you, he gives you, him a talk. You've got him. A, you've got a condition. Uh, and originally, in this, as it was written, it was supposed to be Banner wakes up and there's like a little girl. Uh-huh. And Whedon is the one who um, thought, no, I think, yeah, he, I, if I'm remembering the, the commentary correctly, he says, no, no, that's too cliche. Mm-hmm. He says, no, no, Bruce Banner's spirit animal is Harry Dean Stanton. <laughs> and brought him in there, I think, as I, if I, again, I'm remembering, it that's was kind brilliant. of like a, that's brilliant. a confluence of influences. It mm-hmm. was like, it was like um, coincidence. It just so happened that Harry Dean, I think, was working on something else, uh. and someone knew Whedon and said, "Hey, you want to meet Harry?" And then like offered him, "Hey, I got this thing going on. I'm doing Avengers. You know, here's this small little part, and it's a perfect part for that guy." And again, he just there was an embodiment where you said, "Yes, that guy has some sort of wisdom to 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 give to Bruce Banner in this moment." And you know, again, it D, Harry Dean like embodied that. And, you know, again, just, you know, a great actor whose career had spanned, you know, from, you know... I recognize him. Uh, I love him in uh, Big Love. Yes. Oh, yeah, yes, Big Love. Yeah. Right. And, he's uh, in Big Love. He really plays... He really... He's convincing. 
Yeah, like, he yeah. looks like the guy who would be, be that yeah, in yeah, the yeah, head yeah. of something uh, that kind of uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 cult. Not really yeah, cult, yeah. or yeah. I guess uh, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but you know, uh, he'd he'd been around for forever, and you know, A career he, spanning for more than six decades. Yeah, mm-hmm. and worked and he, with all of the all the greats, and he was a and chef for the Navy. Oh, okay. Interesting. Just read that on. You just read that on his Wikipedia. Um, so, you know, uh, Harry Dean. Um, one of the uh, greats. So much we say, one of the greats. And unfortunately, we also lost another great from the world of comic books where uh, Len Wayne died. And Len. Uh, Co creator um, for Wolverine and, and Swamp Thing. And I yeah. posted this up. Um, a while back on our on yeah our Instagram. on our Instagram, and that's a big deal. Yeah, I think think about you know, uh, and um, I want to say he worked on like the early issues pre Claremont, yes, all, uh, right. uh, all, of the all new all different X Men, and uh, tons of you know Justice League of America, yeah. Batman, mm-hmm. some great Batman stories, uh, and you know had continued working all through the eighties through the nineties. Editorships. Well, well, you mentioned the Chris Claremont. Uh, it was the X Men revival the stuff, right? Yeah. Which is the X Men yeah, classic. Yeah, all the old X Men. Yeah, we're right. bringing in bringing in Wolverine, and I mean Wolverine alone is enough to essentially one of those characters that changed the course of Marvel comics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, in, and you in know, comics in general. In comics in general, but then you have also the fact that you know Wolverine is very an action adventure sort of character. He also, as you said, with Bernie Wrightson, who you know we talked about pa- passing not long ago, uh, gave us Swamp Thing, and Swamp Thing is not an action adventure. It's Alan Moore. It's horror and pathos, mm-hmm. and again, we wouldn't have gotten Alan Moore's reinterpretation of it, you know, without the, you know the, what he had done in those early, you know, roots of the Swamp Thing, you know, stories. By the way, this is on the on the on the site. Um, I. Don't think you watched the the Harlequin Batman like animated movie that just came out, right? Mm, no, but they, I think they brought in like a they, like in you know this is it's, it's a Swamp Thing. I think it's a Swamp Thing story also. Playface? No. no, Swamp Thing. And I'm like um, really? because they mentioned Doctor. Oh, Doctor Holland. Yeah, Doctor Holland. And I'm like, uh, and so I mean, they, he's still kept relevant. Yeah, wow. absolutely, absolutely, and you know. Uh, one of the true old school greats that, you know, I can't but help but tell anyone out there who's a younger, who's a fan of these characters to look, look him up, look up his work. Yeah. Um, and once upon a time, kids, <clears throat> comics were, were, were magazines. Uh, and, and, <laughs> and, that were and, and why, you know, and, 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 you know, selling in far, far greater numbers. His work was at its, at, you know, at any given time actually had a wide penetration in the culture and had an effect on on a lot of things so excuse my ignorance but um he doesn't look that old in that picture at least um how old was he uh born in 48 um and then passed away in 2017 so that's uh, uh 60 50 59 oh really what did he pass of? i don't know i'm forgetting right now what it was but uh you know a attention as I always I always Too do young. like I do like to focus on these older guys who you know they are the reason we have any of these things. If you if you went to see Logan, mm-hmm. you saw the you saw a culmination of this man's work. Mm-hmm. And so for Harry Dean Stanton and for the great Len Wayne, 
a short moment of silence. And in other news to cover, we will now go into our in the news jingle, which goes a little something like this. You are listening to In the News on TBC, a fanboy podcast. And that was our In the News jingle. We, uh, we, 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 there was so much that we didn't think we were going to cover because it seemed like there was nothing going on. It seemed like for a while it was like, Oh, uh, what are we going to talk we, about? This? Yeah, Nothing we came into the studio like uh, just with a handful of stories, and I'm like, "Well, what about the death of Lynn Lin- Lin- Wayne right. and and Harry Dean Stanton?" Stanton. Yeah, and, and, and on and on and on. It was just like, "Oh, I guess so." The pop culture gods fi- did deliver for us, so we, you know, th- thankfully we didn't have a show about nothing. And uh, uh, two things to cover uh, were that uh, we were delivered uh, uh, two trailers. Uh, we have the Tomb Raider trailer and the Punisher trailer. I'd like to go into the Punisher trailer first because uh, we were talking about. I mean, just pitch perfect. I'm not even a Metallica fan, and I was going nuts because it just fit. Everything was like so perfect, so well done, and it really feels to me like a sequel to Daredevil season two. But even so, like, I, it blew me away um, because you see the, like, he, how Frank Castle begins as a person, yeah. as a family man. And, you know, like. Playing acoustic guitar. Right. And then it just goes into <laughs> destruction <laughs> and, you know, all the good stuff and that Metallica has given you. everything you want from the Punisher. <laughs> everything you want from the Punisher. That's sort of that righteous vengeance. And, um. And can I, can I, can I just say, like, um. So, over the past week, my mother-in-law had <laughs> stayed with us for, for a week. And um, my wife goes, yeah, yeah, you know, like, here, why don't you watch uh, Jessica Jones? And I'm like, why are you giving her Jessica Jones? Give her Daredevil. <laughs> so she sits down, and she binge-watched season one and season two. And I actually, like, you know, like, sat with her in some of the scenes. The rooftop scene where it's Frank and Matt Murdock. And it's just like a two play. It's like a, a two character, two character, uh, one act play. You're just one, you're just one bad day from being me. Uh, yeah. My, no, my no. favorite line is when Matt, you know, is discussing the nature of justice and yeah. you know what you got to do. You and he because and he says, it, it, "No, I can't do it your way. It's got to be. It's got to be permanent." Mm-hmm. You know, and that's a that's a visceral and totally understandable, you know, position for a man to well, be in. Well, straight up, he says, you know, you know what I think? I think you're a half measure. Right, exactly. That he can't, he, he is, Judge. Frank Castle is a mixture of his experiences in the war mm-hmm. and then coming home thinking that that's all behind him and then having that all, like, torn away from him mm-hmm. in this horrible, tragic way. And so you... That's what's always what you can identify with him with. You know, it's like, yeah, if something happened, like, we all want to think that we'd be Batman or Superman. But the world would be a very different place if that were easy to do. 
most of us would, you know, at least emotionally. We, we got into it like not. Like, it would a, be a Frank Castle. A couple days ago when you were over, we had this discussion about, um, about Batman. You know how, um, or that in religion, or, or, or that fact of the matter, and Batman is rage. Uh, well, he, his I, I I we and I had a discussion where right. I said I don't think he, I think that's his starting point. His starting point is this is this burning anger, and then it transmogrifies through his training, through his refinement, into justice. He goes from wanting vengeance to justice, and it's it's sort of it's a transmuting. But the anger is still always mm-hmm. under the surface. It is part of what fuels him. Yeah. But he, but be- Frank is in, in a very Frank. different animal in that he's <laughs> he's um, extreme to the extreme, and he's turned. He's basically proclaimed himself as uh, judge, jury, judge, jury, and executioner. executioner right? He's, so he's, he sees he, he's like there's no, I I and, don't and have Matt's time like, for this, this, the system. I don't him. have time for the system. Mm-hmm. I don't have time for mercy. I don't have to. You know, it's like yeah. to get this done. This is what, you know, I'm just going to cut through all the red tape. And the good guy argument. Daredevil's argument is always like, you think you're the only guy who's who's ever right. Yeah, loss? exactly. Yeah, that that it's you like know. like this is the only thing. What you know, uh, we we your your methods again again that season two of Daredevil when they're on the ship, I believe, and Daredevil decides he's going to go along with Frank on how Frank is going to do it, and Daredevil does the cr- he crosses himself. <laughs> there's I think maybe. He crosses himself. He's like, maybe we do it your way. <laughs> and Frank does this whole like, no, you know, you can't. It's like Frank understands how extreme he is. See, that's the thing about the character that makes it so fictional, because it, realistically, Frank would be a psychotic. He would be a danger to the world. But this is fantasy. And we want the idea that he's a righteous crusader and everything else. Which and- I never which I never bought, which, which, I, is, why, you know, which is why going back to he has um, a code. He has a code. Yeah, yeah, and 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 well, the, you're just you're saying exactly what um uh what Karen Page is saying, you know, right? Like he has but a he's not just a kill crazy animal. Right. That there is there is that that's the sort of fictional aspect that makes him a superhero type, mm. where it's like, uh, you know, he always makes sure not to kill the innocent. He kills who he quote unquote deserves it, mm. and that's the thing that the trailer encompasses so well. It encompasses. This guy, like you said, the character of Frank, what makes what pushed him to the edge, and again, from a, just a production and what the film, it does look so much like a continuation of what we got in mm-hmm. Daredevil season yeah. two, which was just well, so Bernthal, brilliant. John, John Bernthal, um, of not just from the Daredevil series, but also from The Walking Dead mm-hmm. as Shane, is and also from Fury, we've seen him in a bunch of other things too. He's just a fabulous actor. Um, and who, who's able, he's just one of those actors who just is able to, to bring whatever, bring whatever's been he's given very, to him. He's very, similar to what we were talking about with Harry Dean Stanton, he's very identifiable. Mm-hmm. You can see yourself in yeah. his place. I don't know if it's because he's not a pretty boy. He no, has a very any, down-to-earth, like, can, vibe to him. It, sometimes he comes off as a douchebag on, on screen. Yeah, he can do that. And again, right. we're all douchebags from time to time. That's <laughs> right. why it's identifiable. But a good guy at the same... Like, a guy. Like sometimes he wants to do the right things, but sometimes doesn't really get to do the right thing. And again, his, he, the performances, Frank, was wonderful. And yeah. not only that, it looks like they're going to deliver on the action. It looks... You got microchip. 
you know, definitely we're getting into the origin of, you know, how in this version the family gets killed. Mm-hmm. And I'm also very excited that Karen Page is back because I thought that that was a very, that was a great relationship and that was a great back and forth um, uh, in, in Daredevil season two. Uh, and I would naturally hope that she would still be involved in the story inside. Like, I don't need her to be in every episode of this, of this, Darede- of this uh, Punisher show, but... I, I, I would feel something would be missing if she at least didn't show up once or twice on the show. Well, she, and it looks like she yeah, is going to be part she's of the show. She's the perfect um, uh, secondary character in, in, in the series. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, back to my, my mother-in-law. <laughs> she, she, she breathes through season one and season, th- season two. And maybe it's because they're both staunch Catholics. My, yeah, my, yeah, that's <laughs> my mother-in-law is a staunch Catholic, you know. So. And is married to a Filipino woman. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> so of course that's what you're gonna get when you're uh, you know when uh, in the Philippines it's like uh, you know which which then I said because oh I yeah the, I, uh, the my Jesse grandmother Jones. also was a huge <laughs> love Daredevil season one and season two and when you said it was like it's the Catholicism thing I said hey maybe that explains why my grandmother's into this too <laughs> after that it was like uh, okay yeah you should watch Jessica Jones put on not even a half uh, like uh, uh, not even two episodes in she's like I don't like her. <laughs> uh, what else do we got? Uh, the the other the, the other trailer to drop that we're gonna have a little discussion about is uh, Alicia Vikander in the Tomb Raider. Yeah, so uh, trailer. <clears throat> I'm ecstatic because mm. uh, now, granted, that Tomb Raider is um, it's a video game movie, so we all have concerns about that. Yes, yeah, just naturally out, game, of the, movie, out of the gate, out movies, of the gate. Movies that concern. Yeah, video games that were that have we been all turned, saw what happened to Warcraft. No, and I didn't ass- because I didn't get to see exactly. it. Exactly, and 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 Assassin's Creed. Oh God, what? A, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Now, uh, now I uh, have a, and I lent you the the the, the PS4 um, Tomb Raider sequel, uh, Rise of Tomb Raider, which I enjoyed the hell out of which, the first one. And which the does seem to be what they're basing this film on. Dude, right? you have no idea. I'm watching the trailer, and these scenes are ripped right out of. The, the video games, the, the mm-hmm. gameplay, like the scene where she's, um, uh, she's she's bounded and, and bound, and she's run, she's on, balancing herself on the wing of a of a of a, of, um, like a, a down of plane an old, of an old airplane, yeah, of a down plane, and she's got to run, she's got to run to it before it breaks off. Um, the scenes were so. Now you're really, you sound like you're really positive on this. Yeah, but at the same time, I'm cautiously optimistic because it's. It's, it's a it's a video it's game, a video game made into a movie. Right? I yeah. gotta say that um they had like a little sneak tease of it, you know, like the day before. Mm-hmm. It's like you know, drop it tomorrow, the Tomb Raider. Right. And I wasn't really impressed by that tease. I says, ah, oh, this doesn't look so. And I like Alicia Vikander, mm-hmm. you know, um, ex Machina. And then you know, Man from Uncle. And then we had um the full the full trailer release, and I'm not super impressed. There was a sem. Uh, there was a sense of a little cheapness. Yeah, I, you know, as gonna, I was watching it, and lie. I and that put me off a little bit. That said, she's such a great performer mm-hmm. that you can have a case where, you know, if the person who is on screen that you were watching for two hours can raise the material, since again they they've got to deliver, mm-hmm. she's an actress that can deliver. Unlike, and, and you know, and she looks like she's got the physicality on. It's just that production design. And it's and also some other things, it, it carries looks... a history because Angelina Jolie, who carried two movies, yeah, right? exactly. And it's like, 
we were discussing. Ugh, I don't you know? understand. Yeah. Well, again, there's a there's a perfect like I said. What carried those two Tomb Raider films from before was the fact that again, for two hours you're stuck in this film watching. You're, you're stuck mm. watching a movie, and the, the lead had better have some sort of charisma. Whatever you want to say about those Tomb Raider films, and I don't think that the the Angelina Jolie films were good movies. Mm-hmm. I just don't. But you can't take away that she Angelina Jolie had a charisma. You know, and if you're gonna be stuck for two hours watching something, you might as well be watching Angelina Jolie. <laughs> That's what. Yeah. Uh, and I'm hoping that it's the same thing for this for this film with Alicia Vikander, because like I said, uh, like you said, it's like uh, it's a it's a video game movie. Yeah, it's, and that's like, the unfortunate thing is that um, it follows formula, which is like um, oh, you, you have the hero who's. Um, well, they're doing the whole Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, you know, I got to find out about my parents. Yeah. And, you know, you know here and we that's are. that's straight, ripped out of the straight, right straight from the video gameplay, right? So it's like, um, uh, oh, dad left me a message, you know, and I'm going to do my best to to, un- to unearth it. And, <laughs> and, and you know what? And Look, it, if, it, if it doesn't necessarily have to be Shakespeare. If it just delivers on the action, which does look like, you know, They've got some things. They've there. got the Asian dude from uh, Into the Badlands. Yes, as yes, yes, as yes. <laughs> as like the, the, the and Nick kick. Frost also Nick of Into Frost the, and also Nick Frost of also Into the Badlands as well. He oh is he is he yes that? he got added. I, the only reason I know this is I tried watching the first season and it wasn't that I thought it was bad. I just couldn't get into it. It was mm-hmm. just like kept forgetting to watch it. But my mom is watching it and my mom adores um, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. So she's like, she's happy as a pig and shit because she's like, oh, Nick Frost is in the Oh, that's great. He's, oh, it's got a lot better with Nick Frost. Because even she was like, yeah, the first season was okay, but like, it's Wait, so, so much better is with Nick Frost. Like, uh, a kung fu master? I don't know. Well, I was going to say, like, a uh, kind of like, um, like, does he speak with like a twang like everyone does in, in, yeah, in Into that- the Badlands? <laughs> and by the way, I've only seen two episodes of Into the Badlands. I can't get into it. Can't yeah, get into I, that it. was my issue, too. I was kind of like, uh,. Uh, especially because, like, they had this this the kid sidekick, but it's got like, a following. Look, it, you know, people want to see good action, good martial arts action, and it's like it gives them that on a weekly basis. So, you know, again, you for this, see some good martial arts action, come to the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> any any hoo-ha. Um, uh, again, I'm I'm I just hope that it delivers. Hey man, it. you want to you want to hoo right now? I'm not. We're not going to hoo right now. Yo, these these news noodles are so bad. Uh, I. I just hope that it de- if it delivers on the action mm. and if it's enjoyable on that level, that's you know that's that that'll be a pass for me. I don't I don't care. Um, now we get to what we're really gonna. <laughs> Here we go. We're gonna get into you know this has been a civil war between me and Ed. Yeah. Uh, John is I don't think John you didn't get a chance to see it. Um, don't. You don't need <sighs> okay. to. Uh-oh. Not don't. Yeah, I know what you're telling. Go watch it if you want, but yeah, you know, there's really no need. But go on. USS Orville. I, Seth MacFarlane's USS Orville. Yes. I'll the, say this, I'm skeptical. The Orville. And by the way, I should really calm down. I'm not mad at it. Yeah, that's the thing. You 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 do come off like you're just like it's like, ugh. I you know what got, it is? I think stupid son of a Okay, just, when the when they were marketing the Orville, and I'm like, this is great. This they're giving us a, a galaxy quest. This is what I want to see. And then um and then I watched the first episode and I go, You need to see this, Miguel. I'm oh, you know what? Maybe you don't need to see this, Miguel. I don't know. Go watch it. Do whatever you want. But this is my initial feeling of it is why 
does this thing exist? Yeah. Um, what does it want to be? Is it a parody? I'm not. A, I'm a, not. I am not as down as it as Ed is. But as we've had our discussions about it, I, every time Ed has a criticism, I can't deny his criticism. I can't. I was going like, you know what? You're 100 percent right. That said, and the criticism is. Is it straight up parody of Star Trek? Is, does it want to be funny like Family Guy? Because it's Seth MacFarlane, right? right? The performances are very flat. Okay, you watch it, John, and you go, "I think I'm watching season two, season three, Star Trek." Uh, Star it Trek is, the next it generation. is, and that's the that's the thing. It's not just an homage to Trek. It is Trek. It is next generation through Voyager era Star Trek. And I go. Why like, do I want precisely. to see this again? Why do I? Why? Why see, do I need I, to see this? I haven't seen it, but I was terribly let down by Seth MacFarlane when I saw that Out West movie. I, oh. And you know what? You're talking to the wrong guy here. I love a million you ways. You love that movie. I love that movie. I thought it was all right. I, yeah, I thought I, it was. I, 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 I laugh. There's, there's Seth a lot MacFarlane of jokes. humor. Um, like, I'm not. There's down- al- it's always there's always there's a, you always get a laugh, but it's not. Cons- it's always inconsistent. I am not down on Seth as some others are. And so my expectations were like, okay, let me give this a chance. And again, Ed, Ed, you're, you're, you're right. It is middling Trek. It's not groundbreaking. It's not... Uh, and, when and, we, yet, and whenever we talk about it, we go, we go, this is what they could have done, right? Right, yeah. They have Victor Garber, a.k.a. Dr. Martin Stein, who plays Firestorm on he was, he was He was an admiral. Legends of Tomorrow. You got a- Adrian Pilecki, uh, Scott Grimes... <laughs> Can you imagine when? What does it say about a show when Scott Grimes is the funniest thing on the show? <laughs> and and you know what? Uh, here's the thing. McFarlane said in some interviews that Fox marketed it wrong. That your your assumption voice? of it being Galaxy Quest mm. was how they marketed it. But he's always said it was like a dramedy. And you're totally correct. This is the issue. It's it's kind of half it's this it's this Frankenstein's monster of it wants to be like a straight up homage oh I see it wants to be up it wants to somewhat do some parody it wants to be a straight comedy and it's not and I don't think that that this was impossible Seth MacFarlane's uh, Jim Carrey moment when he switched into like 23 you know you've seen that movie 23 it, you know what it, it, it might even be that he's yeah. trying to do Trek but serious not as a comedy it's yeah, almost it's, serious. It's you very want, serious. They had a last the, the last episode that they aired was a story that could very well have well, been on John, any episode on any show of Trek. So that's the this confusion because you the, think Seth, you think comedy. This is the third episode, right? Comedy. And I'm like, they they it basically the um the, the plot summary is like there's a court there's a there's a courtroom scene where um uh, someone from the crew has to defend something, right? You know. Um Oh, we can go straight up. Like how many times has this been has this been done in Trek on on Next Gen on on DS Nine on you know um, it, that said let me give what I feel are the positives okay uh it does coast on a certain level of nostalgia there is something comforting when I've sat down to watch it and I go God I've kind of missed a Trek show like this so it does it go does, watch Discovery okay we'll get into that um. <laughs> It, 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 there's a sort of thing where I go, I, like, wow, I've missed this kind of show, and I've missed this kind of world. I, I you know, in the world of Star Trek fans, there has been a little bit of controversy since the J.J. Abrams reboot, 
where there are a lot of fans saying, I'm not getting what I want out of Trek. And I can't help but feel, like I told you, that I think that before Discovery got greenlit, I think when they were searching for, you know, what are are we going to do with Trek on TV? I think Seth MacFarlane came in with a pitch. I think this was his pitch. I want to do a Trek show. And they either shot him down or said, we're going in a different direction. Going this retro sort of version is not what we want. We want to do something different. And production design, it looks like Trek. It feels like Trek. And there's some funny stuff. There are some bits. But the problem, as you said, is they're spinning these two plates into two different directions. It's like, oh, you do these character bits that are humorous, but that undermines the serious portions, and then the so, serious portions are undercutting your humor. So the, I think it could have worked. I think, and again, it's only the third episode, so the, 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 there pi- might the be pilot episode. Ceilings. The pilot episode didn't have the intro, and then he he he. <laughs> I said, "Watch the second shoots, episode." He shoots beyond me and it's like, "Watch a second episode," and I'm seeing, I'm watching him like, and I immediately texted you, I'm like. This is a this is straight up like the, the intro, intro to Voyager, to Voyager to DS Nine, DS Nine. basically you have it's like so the ship Voyager begins with the the bugle <laughs> and the solar flare, and then you see the ship, the vessel, and it ends with what? It ends with like them going into warp. Produce pr- 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 producer credits, and it goes to warp. And okay, bring oh, director up, credits, bringing and it goes up into warp. bringing up the again the producer credits. There's a good reason why it feels so much like Trek. Brandon Braga, of Star Trek Next Generation fame, DS9, or all the rest of that, he's the one who is also helping to produce this and make it, and directed some episodes. And it on that level, it's coasting for me so far. I'm not saying it's great. I'm not even saying it's necessarily good. It's, it's kind of thoroughly, it's very mediocre. I think there's promise. But I'm not seeing it yet. They have to decide what it is. If it had been, as you said, if they had just been balls to the walls Galaxy Quest, it would have been fine. If it had been a half-hour sitcom, this would have been fine. A Trek, basically, 22 minutes of a, of a Trek sketch, uh, you could get... We we could come up with a Trek sketch off the top so of our head getting, and half. And therefore, there's a civil war here. It's like, <laughs> why are we even talking about it? You know? And the reason we are talking about it, I said, is because this is you know an homage to a, a venerable fanboy franchise like Trek um, is always going to get someone interested in, you know, oh, what is this about? And um, the other part is the juxtaposition of we actually are getting new Trek. And so, along with the Orville coming out, sort of doing classic next gen, we now know that we now have Paramount in association with CBS bringing us a new Star Trek show, Star Trek Discovery. Which I have to say, excuse my French, dick move on CBS Paramount. <laughs> um, first off, Star Trek Discovery, okay, um, it is. It blew my mind in that it's like I'm watching. I, I, I saw the first two episodes and there are only two episodes available right now. Yeah, because they're only releasing them once a week, yeah. right? That's... And uh, and by it's an, and everything else you're going to uh, now you told me that the first two were shown or maybe it's just the first one. The that first was on, one was shown on network. On and network. then it's like, well, if you want to finish the story, you got to come to the, the, uh, the all access service. CBS yeah. all access, which you got to pay like what? Six bucks a month or something like that. Dick move. Right. <laughs> no one's going to shell out like and I and I, I know plenty of people already who it's like, 
Yeah, I don't need an. I do need to pay another. Pay yeah, pay pay another subscription. For Hulu's people right? are paying for Netflix. Right. So this HBO. thing, by the way, you watch the you watch Discovery. It is better than most Trek movies that I've ever seen. The production values are fantastic and excellent. They look like they're high budgeted. Put this: if Discovery at this point were a movie, I'd go. This is better than Star Trek Beyond. You know? Okay. All right. That's that's how good this thing. That's how old words. Yeah. Bold you know. Words. Um, now I'll, I'll say this though, um, because it's just with just a pilot, they've had to really build up the narrative. So it the narrative basically focuses around um, uh, Sonequa, um Martin Green, Ma- Martin Green of uh, The Walking Dead, um, who played Sasha. Um, she's a human, the first human that was raised on Vulcan. And also, she's um, uh, Sarek's ward. We don't know how she comes to be uh, Sarek's ward. That's part of some of the controversy about the show, is the sort of, like, adding... But again, uh, I just would like to add, Ed's the only one that's seen it. Mm -hmm. I did not get a chance to see the first episode broadcast, and I am in that group that Ed said of, I am not... I don't know about paying to see this when I'm probably not going to use that access for anything else other than watching mm-hmm. the Trek show. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I don't even know what else is on all access. It's like, uh, well, again, I don't think anything I'm going to watch Colbert, you know, like, I, I don't think I'm going to, I don't think anything I'm, 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 I'm going to watch. I mean, I already get all my on, I get CBS on demand, mm-hmm. you know, for things I can't, you know, I can't watch if I want to see Colbert and I missed it. I, I go to my cable I, box. And, and, and therefore, like, think, it's, you know? it's I, I think um, there's some, like, I've already read some speculation, like, this is, how how, how is this going to well, last? Well, we, we you know, in, in, in passing, when we did our Trek show, when we talked about Discovery, as I said, because of a streaming service, and I think it broke records, I believe that they, they reported it broke records. Mm-hmm. Streaming service in general, like yeah, Netflix they, and they don't need every single they don't need the viewership that a network show or a cable show requires they just need you, need you know 50 million yeah or yeah whatever. i mean again if you if you have that's how netflix and a lot of these things are surviving they don't need and ed you know it's like you don't need half of the trek fans you need a quarter of the hardcore trek fans who will anything i will watch it i would normally be in that category but I just, it's like, I'm not, I, the, the specifics of it don't, if I can see it legally at some later date, I probably will and I'll judge it then. But as it stands now, even I am not, you know, we did, we did a 50th anniversary Trek show where all we talked about the depths of Trek. We are Trekky hardcore here. Which and makes even me, I'm not like which, I'm not going to. Which pay makes this. me um, wonder whether, now you said, no, you should, you should do a spoiler. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do a spoiler though. But um, but it's overall as, overall you were you you really you enjoyed it you thought the characters were good It's more than enjoy like I like I said the the, the pilot begins the, the episode the first episode the pilot um, it they, there's a lot of build up to a story and I go okay where are they going with this by the end of the uh, the first episode uh, by the end of the pilot it's all adrenaline out because mm-hmm. it's like oh the Federation it's it's a, it's so it takes place about. Ten years after Archer, right? Ten, yeah, ten years after Archer, and therefore it, it's like maybe f- how many years before Kirk? Five years, be- like ten years before. I think Kirk longer. Was that's 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 the other part that I'm I'm kind of fuzzy on because isn't it isn't the Archer? I'm trying to remember. I thought the Archer was like 
70 years before Kirk. Something like that. That's what I thought. I thought it was like a giant. So when you're saying like, like again, I guess Sarah could if, you know, Sarah died in the 24th century. So, wow, we are going, we are nerding it up hugely here. (laughs) Nerding it up hugely. Sarek, who of course had a a mind meld with Picard because he was suffering from Vulcan (laughs) Alzheimer's disease. It's very deep, people. Look it up. Uh, But uh, I think there's also controversy about they... They've, they've changed the Klingons, yes or no, Ed? Like, again, you saw it. So what have they, do, they done with the Klingons? They go really... Um, they're basically... It's very close to J.J. Abrams' vision of, of Klingons. And that, Which we didn't really get to see. No, we didn't. Um, you know, I but mean, they're definitely not... Uh, this is completely not different. This, this is, is not, not... No, no, not Worf. It's not Worf. There's no, there's no mullet... Really bad mullet from season three, you know. Not, and it doesn't even get into when they bring on like Clang, Kor, 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 and and Koloth. You know, it's completely different. This is the, we're talking See, about. I would, I, you Klingons. Know what? I would love if they could somehow introduce, re, re, reintroduce those classic Klingons on some level. Well, here's the thing: that's if fun, you could the, have a character who's like. You know, Ensign Koloth or something. I don't on think the, on the Klingon if side. this continue if this successfully continues and they make more episodes, right? Um, it's very conceivable that they'll bring classic characters. It's conceivable that they'll bring. Well, we like, know isn't Colonel um, War for whatever. Isn't you know? uh, Rain Wilson is going to be Harry Mud? He's going to be Mud, and he's and he is apparently listed in not like one, not like a two parter. He's listed for something like. Seven episodes or something like he's going to be know. around for a long time. I think. I don't know. Uh, again, I'm look. I, I'm open minded, but I I'm not open minded to open my wallet at this let, point. Well, let me. There's something about that that just rubs me the wrong and way. And I'm here to really. I I guess I'm sort of trying to market it because it's it's fantastically done. Michelle Yeoh, who plays, um, uh, Martin Green's uh, commanding officer. Can I give it away? Yeah. Well, yeah. So uh, after spoiler watching, alert. after spoiler, after watching the first one, uh, and I go, I think I think she's going to eat it. I think I think uh, Michelle Yeoh is going to eat it. And guess what? She eats it by the second episode. And then after watching the second episode, I'm like, wait, what? What's going to happen next? And then they give you the preview, like you know, like like. And Michelle Yeoh's still wanna... around? No, she's not. Okay. Jason Isaacs, who plays, you know, who's uh um uh. Um, Malfoy's dad in Harry Potter. Um, he's he's going to come in as a, uh, um, as an interim a, captain of some as kind? an interim captain of like some some sort of something that's in the dark, some, something that's kept in the dark, something that's in secret, like right. a maybe like a um, like a what um, was the name of the, an the, experimental the, the, uh, uh, vessel of sorts or whatever? I don't know, but it sounds like what like a Section Thirty One deal. Yeah, it smells like what. What's happening, in, at least from my opinion, is there. This is sort of the faux, what I call the faux, the Battlestar Galactica faux reboot of Star Trek. Okay, you know, and it's not really again because it's faux. Like I say faux because I don't really see it as a reboot of of, of such. But they're pouring in lots of money into this with a list a list actors. Mm-hmm. Um. Again, and an, interesting, and an interesting concept. They're making I, it relevant by by casting someone from one of the biggest shows right? that's on right now. Back to the Klingons. Are they? Well, any well, no, 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 not even that. Uh, I just uh, also interesting. I think is the fact that uh, Green's character 
is the second officer, right? She's the second officer. She's not. If this is a case of where she's the main character, but she's not the commander. No. And you know we're dealing with a, a woman of color. Mm. You know, uh, I, there were some like strange headlines out there. It's like tr- first time Trek. They were like. First time Trex had a woman. First time Trex had someone black, and I was like, was that, "Is that combine those?" Because no, Trek has had a a a black male a, a, a black male lead as the as the main character in in Deep Space Nine with Ben Sisko, and Trek has had a a female commander uh, with uh, Captain Catherine Janeway. So she's the first combo of those, but uh, it, it's not it's not really a first on, on the front of a woman or someone a person of color. Is it, by the way, is that um, do you gather that from the, the, the hypes, the, the hypers, or? Online, I think it's been very well received. Okay. Um, there are some holdouts. There are definitely people that are like, ah, oh, this is not what I want. I want something more classically, which again is why I brought up the Orville to talk about this at the same well, time. Well, here's the thing. Like, you... I understand that that the um, there are a lot of trekkers or trekkies out there who want that original flavor flavor you know which is like to to explore strange new worlds right this is and this is the whole point is is it it doesn't take away from that this doesn't take away from it. yes you know um, uh, they right off the bat get into oh you know we're here to explain explore strange new worlds. And then the Klingons are like, um, you know, Federation are here. F that noise. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they go, you, you want to go balls out? They went balls out with that. Fuck you, you ridgeless bastards. Yeah, so um, they are... Stri- <laughs> and it's not like they're villainy, villainy villains, right? You know, But it's the clash of cultures. Correct. And, you know, and, you know, oh, p- p- the politics. there's a lot of spinning. It's like, you know... Um, uh, the, the, the Klingon villain in this is like, you know, they come here saying we come in peace. Okay. And then later on, um, uh, Michelle Yeoh sends a, a communique, a holographic communique. It's like, listen, you know, we don't want any more bloodshed. We come in peace. You see that? I called her out. You know, it's like, she, you know, like, that's exactly what, what, what I just said. You know, this is why we, you know, we have to defend and, 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 and stand and stand our ground and blah, blah, blah. You know? Um, Ed, Edward, they have the right to protect their race. <laughs> you have the right to commit murder. <laughs> Star Trek Four, ladies and gentlemen. Star Trek Four. Look it up. We need more elbow room. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever Have you ever read Shakespeare in the original Klingon, Ed? <laughs> to be or not to be. <laughs> well, uh, I I want to see it. I I want to see it. I just the, the, and it sounds good. You're making it. You, everything I hear makes me go. I want to sit down and watch this. I, even when people who are longtime Trek fans are like, I'm kind of against this. I don't know if I want to. That even makes me want to see it even more to judge for myself. I just I'm not I'm not going to pay for a service that I'm I'm only going to use for one thing. And I'll tr- I'll try and see it uh, in some of the and Two, also it's extremely uh, exploitative too. To be like, if you want to watch the show, you have to come on the subscription. You and, know, and, and this is going to be this is going to be because of that show. This you know? is going to be a test yeah. for that model. Yeah. Because I'm not. I don't doubt that it's going to be economically successful. Like I said, they don't need every single. Di- Disney's going. Disney's my, doing something. But my. Too, but like that's that. the thing. It's not just. It's not just Paramount, CBS doing this. 
all of the all of these various networks and and entertainment corporations they're looking to make their own streaming service they all want to sort of replicate i think what hbo's got going on and that's just it right now i think people are happy with in a way we've gone back to the big three networks only it's a la carte Mm -hmm. we've got amazon prime we've got hulu and we've got netflix and i think currently people are more than satisfied to pay for those three services and get all access to all of their content it's just that now the providers of said content are not like, well, why do we got to split anything with Netflix or Hulu? I, you know, let's let's just make our own th- service. And it's like, I it's, people still watch network, people still watch cable. You know, it's like, so wait, I got to get a subscription to USA and HBO and uh, and ABC, and again, no one's gonna go for that. Yeah. They've got to figure out some sort of business plan that is gonna be like. Not a, not as taxing Event, on the individual. Eventually, there's going to be a subscription for like every singular show. Exactly. This yeah, is yeah. so that's you know that's that that part. So we'll see where that goes. I'm excited. I want to see it, but as it stands right now, I think I'm just going to wait. So and therefore, I go. Why do I want to waste my time with the Orville? <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, maybe it's a catch twenty two. It's like you know, here's the Orville, and it's it's you know uh, that's going. What, what, and what, it's what, done well, right? Like it's like in terms of look, ratings. Look, 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 Ed, 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 look. When I made this, when I made the show, all right, I. Uh, Seth, when did you come here? Uh, well, look, look, look. You guys were talking about me. I said, "Wait, is it Seth or Brian? Which one is it?" <laughs> it doesn't really matter at this point. I mean, honestly. Well, certainly it does matter to me. <laughs> don't, don't, don't ever do that in my presence again. <laughs> I spit on you, your family, your grave. But, uh, hey, Lois. <laughs> uh, look, I, I. Have you heard the word? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, I, I think that I'm giving the Orville a chance right now. Uh, I'm done. With I think it's it. mediocre, God, but I think it. there's potential. I think they could Sounds do like something. Sounds like a new religion. I'm it... going to give the Orville. <laughs> you have Les. Is it better? Uh, is is the Orville better? Have under, you seen under the, 420? Uh, have you seen the Orville? On we, on we. It's crazy, man. It's Picard shows up. It's nuts. That's uh, what. By the way, about that, <laughs> and I go. You know, this is the only way I'll probably end up watching. You're watching another episode because, because, when, I, because when I tell you, hold on, dude, tonight. Yeah, I know. Sir Pat is because on the Sir, Orville because you yeah, the Sir Pat and, uh, and, Seth, and Seth connection. connection. Yeah. Ah, oh, yes. You know, and he'll show up as. I've told know. you what my pitch is. <laughs> if Seth get if if it survives because he's got um, uh, what's her face? He's got Charlize Theron who's going to show up in a, in a future episode. I don't know. That's how in he the can. It. I understand I, that Seth is a huge pro- producer, but I have no idea how that happened. I used to get, they worked, they worked together on a million days to die in the West, and they became friends. And people like Seth personally. No, they don't. I, I, yes, no. no they don't. When people who have worked with him all have great things to say, oh, okay. no one has anything bad to say about him. Because I did say that he was on Graham Norton and he was sitting next to Tom Cruise. Well, that must be awkward. that was must have been awkward. But getting back to what I'm saying, here's my pitch to get Sir Pat Stew. And if you're listening, Seth, bank this. This is gold. Patrick Stewart needs to show up on the Orville as a Doctor Who type analog, some sort of time traveling know it all. 
who then takes also is the cue for Seth MacFarlane's Captain Ed Mercer character. I think that could work out because we're never going to see Sir Pat Stew on Doctor Who proper. So this will be the close of that, and I think that's gold. I think he could that. do that character. You don't know that. Ian McKellen no, was on probably, Who. but I think at this point, probably not. I don't think he's gonna. We're gonna see him in 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 Who anytime soon. This would be a great way of doing that. And pivoting off the Doctor Who, uh, I, a very very short little talk because we're gonna have a show specifically on this. But me and Ed are absolutely gigantic fans of a character and a show that Wait, I like to call... What's going on? Evil. What's going on, Morty? An evil Doctor Who. Uh, Rick and Morty's uh, season started, it's uh, n- like nine weeks ago now, must be. Jay Velez, <laughs> how long did it take for you to come up with that? <laughs> and um, the season's not over. The, the, the season finale for Rick and Morty is, is, is coming next week. And we are just, we are in love with this show. I mean, we discovered it somewhat late. Uh, uh, the second season had already uh, finished, I believe. The seasons, and, which are very uh, Rick and Morty seasons, are very short. Uh yeah, but they're about yeah, like nine. I get nine episodes or something. I, as I said from the last episode, uh, entitled "The ABCs of, of Beth, Beth." Yeah. In twenty-two minutes, <laughs> they shove so much into your head. You, yes, there's a, there's a, they funnel, they put a funnel into, into Ed's brain and it overflowed. You have no, and, okay. your list is cyborg arm. Wait, <laughs> I'm still trying to get, okay, so this is a scene where, oh, Jonathan, so this is a scene where, um, where Rick, they're in some, um, fantasy world, fantasy he world that he created and his arm was chopped off. And he's like, oh, you know, and he, and he takes this device, shoves it in where his missing arm was, and out extends a, an, uh, a like cyborg, a, a arm. cyborg am- amputated arm, which does a bunch of things, by the right. way. It lasers the and lasers. everything scanned, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just, okay, meanwhile, there's a subplot with the father who's dating a, um, a three-breasted uh, alien. Alien warrior woman, um, yeah. And then, of course, his kids are like, no, you're rebounding, dad, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Um, there's, so the... Yeah, John's not, you've never really watched the show, right? Not yet. Uh, okay, just to give you the, the basics of it, like I said, we it's, discovered it in the second season had already finished, and... Which starts was, off as a... And we were very, you were very like, ah, do I really yeah. want to see this? Because I kind of felt the same way. I had seen the ads for it, and I had flipped, like, channels and, like, caught like the tail end of stuff and it's like it's very hard when you catch a tail end of a Rick and Morty episode you don't know what's going on <laughs> you know what is going on with the show Rick and Morty which starts off as and you know um, the the creator started uh, started off as a um, a, a, a parody back of back to the future back to the future that's why it's called Rick and Morty it's like Doc and Marty yeah. okay so um very a very Rick vulgar Sanchez, short, yeah Rick Sanchez um quote unquote the smartest man in the universe is is out on adventures with his grandson Rick. He's a septuagenarian mad scientist. And he has a he left his family many many years ago, abandoned his wife and his daughter or we don't even know that. Right. We know that he was missing from his daughter's life. We don't even know if it was a case of the wife uh, That's that's so that's, yeah, that's, that's exactly that's, what's going on. That's a pure, and he comes back into their life and he takes his he forces really his grandson to go on these 
adv- these sci-fi adventures. Really does. Uh, and I don't know. Adv- that's a good idea, Rick. <laughs> and yeah, and the adventures are always outlandish, outlandish, over the top. But they always deal with some sort of sci-fi fantasy cliche. And then the other part is that it has a coating of deep philosophical themes. It gets its comedy from a, a place of nihilism. When we close, okay, and we will. Not not soon, but I'm saying like when we close, I'm going to show you the best episode. Yeah, we're gonna yeah we're gonna watch we're gonna, gonna watch some the episode, episode. Uh, and you'll see how whacked out, 420 friendly this show is. Okay, and it is. Um, I was skeptical because it was one of the things that everyone was talking about it, and it's a again when we I 420 20, 420 friendly, it did give us like oh is this just another one of these stupid. Stoner adult swim shows that's just, you know, on the contrary, is one of the most brilliantly brilliantly written written and hilarious television shows of the last 15 years. And um, if you like sci fi, if you like, you know, again, these interesting, you know, moral quandaries that have funny, you know, climaxes. Well, you mentioned that. uh, Justin Roiland, who does the vo- both voices Rick of Rick and, and Morty, Dan um, Harmon of and Dan Harmon of, of Community, the creative Community. You said that a lot of the divorce stuff that happens on the show is pretty much well. What they're saying right now, Dan Harmon is apparently going through a divorce, okay. and so the uh, two of the characters, Morty's parents on the show, are also going well, through a divorce, I... and they can't help but people can't help but say, "Is there is there a reason why?" Well, my main that, point that is those, that. That storyline is happening when it also. But my main point is that within watching these episodes, there is tragedy. There's certain elements that tug tug your heartstrings. Yeah, yeah. Which goes to what I'm always talking about the show, because what I'm always talking about with Ed is is like, it's a nonsense, crazy, absolutely hilarious show, but then, it's a show of continuity. It is not, The Simpsons, where one episode never leads into the next. Or is it? And it's always a reset. And then again, that's the problem. It's like, are you supposed to care about these uh, these characters? And then they're putting time into arcs. They're putting time into characterization, and they're putting time into continuity. Saying like one episode leads to the next episode, leads to the next episode. Like again, let me give you a perfect example. In the first season, um, one of the things about the show that is 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 about multiple realities. So Rick is this mad scientist. He has this thing, his portal gun, which is like the with the main like MacGuffin of the show. Different dimensions and going to different dimensions. He travels around space using it. Blah blah blah. So there's one episode where everything goes pear shaped for the two, right? And you would in a normal show it would just be here's the wacky adventure, but everything's normal after the end of it, right? You and Rick is the smartest man in the universe. The show tells you that he has almost nothing he can't solve. The show ends when he can't solve it, right? And you think it's like, you know, you know. They give Rick, you a fake out. They you, give you, you a know fake Rick. out where it's like after it's all done, and you see Rick and Morty, and it's like, well, Rick, I'm sure happy you were able to transform everyone in the world back to you know, blah blah blah. Yeah, I'm sure glad. Oh, well, wow, it's a good thing we got out of that. And situation. then the, re- the big reveal. And is then that. wait, and then Rick and Morty die. There is an explosion, <laughs> and they're blown to bits, right? And you're going like, what the hell just happened? And then you see Rick and Morty come in through a portal. <laughs> And you realize, and, and, and Rick basically explains, it's like, 
Like, yeah, I we had to get out of that reality because the whole world was. Out. There's a scene where, <laughs> and basically, he was they like, have to bury the, themselves, their own bodies, <laughs> and they're like, and then which they reference in, in another in episode, Lina- a later episode. So basically, everything is- after that episode doesn't happen in the reality that you started the show in. Everything after is in this, and and Rick as the nihilist. He's fine with it. He's just like, he yeah, we'll bury, it. I'll bury this other version of me in the backyard, Morty, and I'm just gonna open a beer like, and, and drink it. And he Morty, tells us, he tells his sister, like, like Summer, you know what I just did? I just buried myself in the backyard. And she said, what? It's like, <laughs> yeah, there's a version of me buried out in the backyard, <laughs> and it's like, it's this sort of thing where, you know, that continued. It wasn't just a. Oh, we're never going to talk about that again. Later episodes, they got into it. It became an important plot point to the season uh, season three premiere. Mm. It's a fantastic show. We're going to have a whole show on it once this season is finished. But But this season has been absolutely fantastic. It really is a, um, a, a casted out stepchild of The Simpsons in that. Simpsons says the same thing, you know. They 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 have produced for thirty seasons, and God, I think that's how many seasons. Characters that you care about, or maybe you shouldn't care about, you know. Well, again, that's my point. Is that I think the difference is is that Rick and Morty, similar to the venture, similar to Venture Brothers, mm-hmm. very much. I think that you, I I think that that's the real um, outshoot. I think without Venture Brothers, you don't have a Rick and Morty, because it's the same thing. It covers. You know, a lot of the sci-fi, comic book, fantasy sort of cliches, but then it has, it's not just reset at the beginning of every episode. It's these characterizations and things that happen to the characters are going to carry over that episode. There will be subplots. There will be arcs. And it's, but, we're going to, we're going to have, yeah, have a whole show. We're going to have a dedicated Rick and Morty show. We're going to have a dedicated Rick and Morty show. You are going to have to watch the seasons. You will love it. Um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it because there will this, be a multiverse. Yes, the, Miguel the, 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 and Ed, uh, uh, you know, traveling through various portals. Um, but it is just this season has been so fantastic, so well written. <laughs> I mean, it, it, and it's this rich, deep mythology where, like I, like you said, it's like, yeah, it's a lot of nonsense, but you, you, you want to see where the nonsense is going. You want to see where. The characters are developing, and what roads they're hey, going to go down. Do you think I can? Do you think like uh, I can? You know, have a have something to yeah, something in the store. You know, to bring home. <laughs> it's like, well, what, what about this thing? Well, here? That's a robot. Looks uh, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, I'll shoot. take these I'm batteries. Sure it does. And, uh, the sex robot. And, uh, here. my grandson wants the sex robot. <laughs> <laughs> that's the kind of show it is, John. Uh, so, so we're we're um, we're gonna have a dedicated show. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about because the season has been so rich, so wonderful, and it's appointment TV for me. And Ed, we have to watch it, and we're not alone. It, it is an incredibly popular show. So, um, by the way, Ed, I just want to let you know uh, there is a thing called the Rickmobile. Have you heard of this? Rickmobile. Uh, the Adult Swim people have a truck. That has a gigantic face of Rick on it. I'm kidding you I've not. I've seen something like that. Uh, yes, and it is traveling the country on a tour with exclusive products you can only buy from the Rickmobile. And Ed, Ed, it's going to be in New York City in October. <laughs> nice. 
So uh, uh, I think we'll be getting some. Oh, here some, it is. Yeah, here's yeah. A, here's a map. They're on tour. They will be in New York in October for Comic Con. What does it do? It, it it's a mobile store. It sells all sorts of products. Oh, here it is. Rick and Morty products wow, that's... that you will be able to get exclusively at from the from the truck. You can't. I believe you can't buy them online. So uh, yeah, uh, and you know it's funny because the um, the pickle Rick shirts. They came out before the Pickle Rick right, episode. Yeah. They knew which we're going to watch. We're going to watch. You, uh, John is going to. We're going to hey, watch. Hey, Pickle Rick. We're going to watch Pickle Rick. And that's how confident they were. They made product before it was out, before the episode had aired. That's how popular the show is. And uh, like I said, I just wanted to, to, to cover it a little bit uh, uh, as a little preview because um, it's probably. At the as much in the zeitgeist as Game of Thrones, as much and as a matter of fact, it airs on Sundays. So that is a hell of a murderer's row overnight. Is you watch you you can watch Game of Thrones and then end it with Rick and Morty. I perfect. That's that's it's, you know screw you must see TV. That is the <laughs> modern must see TV for me. Well, closing out here uh, from Pancake Studios. Uh, our next episode, as always, I like to play it by ear. I don't know what it's going to be, but we will be back uh, um, hopefully sooner than later. Uh, if there's anything anybody else wants to get off their chest, get it off now. Ed, anything? Um, nothing! You have nothing to say! John, anything to say? Nothing! You have nothing to say! So, for uh, myself, Miguel Alonso Velez, Jonathan Gar, Pancake Studios. Yes. I'm going to bash your face right after you get off. <laughs> Bring it on. Bring it on. He knows all my moves. By the way, this guy comes comes to my house, right? Thought we were ending the episode. <laughs> this guy comes to my house. And uh, and then, you know, I just appears out of nowhere. I'm just putting away some uh, I just constructed these uh, these these great sawhorses. And he just appears out of nowhere. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, we just start talking and it's already like This five. guy is always trying to get me back into the world of martial arts. And somehow I ended up putting on a seminar so for all the we, local we neighborhood start, kids. On. We started we started sparring, and then I hear uh, some of Clark's friends, "Hey, there's a fight going on!" And then next year, like, and then before you know it, he's giving. I'm teaching a- rape prevention to 13 year olds. That's basically what it is. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> uh, fight quest is on. Fight quest is not on. Uh, until next time, I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez. Edward Ng here, and. We'll see you out there next time on To Be Continued. Continue, continue, continue. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.